everyone. If you are a high school student or an adult looking to pivot into marketing, this is a series for you. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us today and listening to our episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now. If you are brand new here, what we've been doing is interviewing people in different careers and different journeys so that way you can get an inside look at what the jobs actually do in their day to day and to see if it's a right fit for you. So today I have the honor of having my good sister in Christ here, Ronnie. Love her so much. She has been actually very helpful in Kiki and I's journey and helping us with some of our marketing ideas. So a big thank you to her. And we thought it would be perfect to have her on today to talk about how she got into marketing, how what her interests were that led her to this point, and just giving you insight on what the day-to-day is. So without further ado, Ronnie, tell us a little bit about yourself, your job title, and you could even dive into your educational background. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. I love being able to like follow the podcast and see everything that you guys are doing. So I'm really excited that you asked me. My name is Ronnie Kanoyan. I am a digital marketer by trade. Uh, I currently am running my own um, agency it's called Coffee Hour Marketing, and that became a full-time venture in December of last year, 2021. So I've only been doing that for about 10 months now, um, full-time, and but I've been in marketing for, I guess, 12 years because I graduated college in 2010. I went to Stonehill College, and I got my BA in communication with a minor in sociology. Can you, I saw your website, which is really beautiful, which I wouldn't think anything less because of your background, but can you just talk about, I saw, it was really just your testimony about like why you are doing what you're doing today before you started your own agency, what your career looked like after, after undergrad? Yeah, I'm, it was um, a bit of a roller coaster. So when I was in my undergrad, I did two different internships. One was with a traditional public relations agency, small agency, suburbs of Boston. And I thought that's what I wanted to do, public relations. person that I was interning with was excellent. She was super smart. She worked with small businesses and small hospitals in the area. And I was like totally pumped to be in that space. Uh, It wasn't for me. (laughs) So I realized like really, really fast off that I did not want to be doing press releases and event planning my entire life. It wasn't my thing. It is for a lot of people. It's not mine. So my second internship was in digital. It was actually called PR 2.0 at the time because it was 2008. And it was like right when Twitter was kind of um, becoming the mainstream thing for press and news and celebrities. So it was really cool to intern in the ground floor of basically social media. And that's when I realized, okay, this is going to be a thing. Online is a thing. And people are actually making jobs around this. It's not just for um, celebrities, it is for professionals and businesses and brands. So I got to learn a lot. Actually, I learned a lot about what I was doing in that internship was literally making spreadsheets of people's Twitter accounts, 
<laughs> it's like total, total internship thing that you do is just the grunt work for everybody else's work. But you get really familiar with all the platforms that way. When I graduated, it was 2010. So it was still a little close to like 20, the 2008 crash. So it was still really hard to find job at entry level. But Stonehill College in Easton, Massachusetts has a really close connection with W.B. Mason, which is a paper supply and office supply company in um, the Boston area. Actually, they're like down the eastern seaboard now. They brought in a lot of Stonehill College students, and I was lucky enough to get into a position there that was like a rotational program. So I spent uh, different months of time working in different departments. So I spent time in a warehouse, I spent time doing customer service, I spent time doing sales, and I spent time doing marketing. I knew that I always wanted to do marketing after going through the the second internship. Um, So when they offered me a position uh, to work on the website and do marketing for the website at WBs, and I I started doing that. First real marketing job out of school was writing SEO content for their brand new consumer site. So I was like, writing optimized content at the time in 2010 for like pens and paper and post-it notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was great because I learned so much about like the back end of a website and how you load inventory and how you write it and how you tag it and how websites work. And it was like the f- they were launching this site and I was learning all about that. So my career kind of just snowballed that way. I didn't expect to get into e-commerce. I thought I was going to go more traditional brand marketing route. I was good at it and I liked it and I I liked it a lot. So I started looking for jobs and that were like focused around e-commerce and buying online. And so I just continued doing that. So Um, for... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it landed me with a company um called insure my trip doing travel insurance i think that's the coolest thing about website work is like you get good at website work you get good at seo and content or email marketing you can literally do it in any industry Mm. so it's really fun to be able to move around and do different industries and i always have so i started at insure my trip writing content for the website to try and bring people in so anybody that doesn't know it SEO optimization is it's the way that you can write content for a website to be ranked by Google so that when people search things on Google, they can be the website can be found. And so that's my specialty. That's where I'm from, like the my grassroots, I guess, in in marketing is that. And I was able to just be driven in that. And I was moved up um, in my career. I spent seven years at Ensure My Trip and went from writer to senior writer, the manager of the marketing team, to the director of the marketing department. That's awesome. Now, we were talking with our friend the other week about like business and like when you, because she went to school to get her business degree and under business, it's just like a huge umbrella. And then I, because marketing is under there as well. But then also when I look at marketing, can you kind of break down for our audience who maybe have no idea what marketing is, what that can kind of look like? Because you just spoke about how it can be SEO words on a website, email campaigns. What else can that look like so they can have an understanding of the various different things that you can do? 
Yeah, that's there's so many facets of marketing within it. And and I'm going to name some and it's not going to be all of them, right? So there's product marketing, marketing analyst work, there's uh, digital marketing like I do, but there's also brand marketing. And each one of those things come together for a holistic marketing look, right? So when you start with product marketing, it could be about sourcing products. It could be about designing products. It could be just about selling them and knowing who the resellers should be. Um, but it's focused around that one product line or that one thing and making sure it looks good in the magazines that you're or the catalogs that you're sending out and make sure it go looks good online, make sure you have enough inventory, it's going to the right areas of the world, right? Marketing analysts, which will be more of a behind the scenes looking at data. And that can be through anything that can be the website analyst, um, that could be um, a catalog analyst, that could be a product analyst looking at how the products are selling in different parts of the world, but it's really looking at the numbers and making decisions and suggestions based off of what's happening with the metrics. There's digital marketing, which is the world that I'm in, which is Twitter, Facebook advertising, Google advertising, email marketing, paid search, um, everything under that. And then brand marketing, which would be more of a design kind of PR way to look at it. So what's the logo look like? What um, is the reputation of the company? And, uh, you know, who are the influencers? And who's really talking up what's happening with the brand and who's talking about it and making sure it's just continually growing in a positive way. I'm sure there's a lot more that I'm unaware of, <laughs> to be fair. Now, that's more than I knew or like knew than what it like knew what it was called. So and I'm writing these down because I think we'll put these in the show notes just so people can can maybe see more about it, too. I know you, so you just talked about your of your entry into the field. Did you know that you wanted to do communications when you went to college? Did you how, how did you know what you wanted to major in? No, that's a great question. <laughs> That's a great question. I went in undecided. And at Stonehill, you had to do a ton of prerequisites um, as a freshman anyway. So you're, you really weren't doing anything for a major your first year. So that, that was nice, had more time to figure that out. One of the requirements that we had was interpersonal communication. And as a freshman going into school, that was like, amazing because I had no no real understanding of like how to talk to people in a positive way I think there was a lot of like personal learning but also being able to step into the communication department in and meet this professor and go to these communication events and things like that I realized oh okay like this is a path that I want to go down at the time like I said I thought I wanted to do press and be in PR and they had a media side of communication. So there was like a business side, and then there was a, a media side. So I was going down the media track and then flipped the middle of sophomore year uh, down to the professional um, business side of communications because I realized I didn't want to do PR, but it was still, I had more than half the credits at that point and also realized that these were the classes I was more engaged in and these were the classes that were going to bring me longevity but I also knew that a big part of communication was understanding the why behind people, right? So sociology was really important for, 
for me in that as well, because because it teaches you how to identify your own biases and be able to move forward through that. And biases in, in the sense of like cultural biases and things that you just didn't, I didn't even realize I had. So paired with sociology and communication, I really felt like I could come out and have excellent ability to work in business without actually taking business courses. Because to be fair, I didn't want to be a business uh, major and don't know how that because I really am not great with numbers at all. Um, and yeah, not, not at all. And uh, the only math course I had to take was statistics to be a communication major. So I was like, there you go. That's all I'm going to do. That's fine. Yeah. That's a really good, that whole thing was really good statement because a lot of students come and they're asking why do I have to take communications courses or they're really scared to take communications courses or basically why do they need to take general education courses? But you just made a great point that as an undecided student, it allowed you to explore different fields, different subjects that landed you into your major. So I would just say that's encouraging for anybody listening that's going into maybe even high school, but going into college, you're taking a lot of education courses. They're not just for nothing. They're really trying to help you explore just give you a, a broader worldview of different areas. So no, thank you for, for mentioning that because I feel like a lot of students just don't can't quite grasp sometimes why taking all these credits that to them don't make sense. But in the long run, you even mentioned like making connections with, with professors. It's, you know, it's something for the, the greater good in your education. I just wanted to mention or point that out, which you, which you stated, Ronnie. So thank you. Yeah, a hundred percent. Just to piggyback on that too is, the connection with your professors, even in some of the general courses are the ones that I think make the biggest impact. I know one of my biggest impacts was my religion class with Father Gribble, who probably doesn't even know this, but he like continually thinks he says throughout my life, I'm not Catholic, but I I hear him right. in these, in these things I hear, but also um, more of a professional look is through my communication classes. There's a group right from my college where alumni and teachers they go on and they say hey these jobs well these are job opportunities for you so it's like the the connections that you make are almost more important than the major that you you choose because you will forever be trying to network to find a job forever like there's Mm -hmm. never a point in your life where you're not going to reach out to somebody and say hey do you know of anybody that needs um help with this and to have connections in a professional standing even in the college level from the college level is huge for that we see that all the time networking is so powerful like yes you can have all the education under your belt but if you do not have any connections you don't have any ins with communities and different companies then you're gonna have to work harder and might not get what you think you can actually deserve mm-hmm. you know so that's so pivotal so pivotal and we keep on telling students to like try to establish those relationships with their professors because they're going to give you insight on different careers. They also could open up different job opportunities and they'll understand like what your interests are and maybe and give better suggestions. So I love that you said that. I also love that you said you did two internships, which was we always talk about internships because we want people to 
get their hands dirty in different things to see what they like or don't like. Because I feel like now I'm hearing more people doing internships and like, eh, I don't want to do that anymore because after I tried it, that was me in high school. That was you for PR. Like, you know, but it's good because you're like, eh, I don't want to waste my time going in that field because I don't see myself being fully successful. My next question was, so with communication, even just keep on talking about communication. I wish I kind of majored in it. I feel like you can pivot in marketing. No, me too. Everywhere. I'm like, (laughs) man, I wish I just did communications. But uh, my question for you for communications, can it be difficult? Because it sounds like communication has drastically changed over these years. Like you were talking about Google SEO words, you know, who would have thought that would have been so important now, or even now social media was not a big media, like, 15, 10, 15 years ago, and now you have different social media coming into play. So what's that like adapting? And what's that like trying to figure out like which company would, what would be the best outlets for them? Like, is that difficult? Is that fun? What what do you think? Yeah, well, I would say communication is extremely different. Like when I, when I was in school, there was no class on social media. And I think like Stonehill didn't even get a digital marketing class until like five years after I left and they were like oh we have to actually have to get something else from an adjunct professor that came back and now they have you can go back for a master's in digital marketing now um and it's like it's incredibly different because when we were learning about um like broadcast is essentially the kind of communication that you were learning about like radio or tv it was slower like sure you were on live tv but you you know you were preparing a lot more of that and we and press too once your article's written your article's written and you have a deadline but you also have basically that time edit it and you have editors check it and it's this fact check especially if you're working with um, big publications like time magazine or new york times or something no fact checked you don't fact check Twitter, <laughs> right? So, and right. Nothing. I mean, that's the problem we're having right now, anyway, right? With yeah. with social media, is people believing they're speaking truth and putting it out there, and it's not true. I mean, I would like to hope that most people are actively lying, but I'm sure some people are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think the key. I think it's going to be easier for generations now to make the jump into digital marketing because it's basically your life, right? Like Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, um, YouTube, all these things are just terms and platforms that generations now that are in college or graduating from college, they know them. They they know how they work and maybe they've never loaded a video before, but they're not going to be able sitting there for like two hours being like, what button do I hit? Yes, they know technology, so they're going to be able to make a video on their phone and edit it with an app and then put it up there. So these, it's, I think it's going to be easier for people to, students now, to transition into the, to digital platforms. That being said, if this is something that you want to work in, it's digital marketing, you could literally go to any company, any company, because if they're, I will say, Obviously, if they're not doing digital marketing, don't go to that company because they don't know if they're going to last. I mm-hmm. really don't. Like if you're not doing some form of digital marketing, then they don't really have, in my opinion, a very smart business plan and they're not going to be reaching new people and therefore mm-hmm. they have a shelf life. I mean, like think about it though, because if they're only doing paper marketing, their target audience is older people and they're about to phase out. So mm-hmm. 
it's not right. going to last. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So it could go anywhere. I think that's a brilliant thing that I loved about my career is that I went from an agency life. I went into office supplies. I did at-home caregiving supplies, like for um, people that were caring for ill parents or something. And then I did um, online continuing education for nursing. And then I did travel insurance. Like all those are very different from each other, but the core basics of marketing and digital marketing are the same, right? Like the core tools that you're using and the core things that you are to reaching out to, the messages are very different and you have to learn that. You need to learn your audience, but the way to reach them, all those core things are the same. And um, now, especially working for myself, doing more freelance agency, I work with very different clients um, but able to compartmentalize. There we go, yeah. Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> that, please, you know, you can work with five or six different people doing the same thing, even though the messages are different, because your routine is the same. Yeah. Yeah, That's I definitely, I, I think you're our fourth communications major we've talked to. I'm, I'm with Kimmy. Oh, really? like, I wish I would have. Yeah. But they've all yeah. been very different. Like, they've all been very, very different. Yeah, Just like we didn't even know say, they were communications until we talked to them like, oh, that's the baseline of communications. So it's mm -hmm. just so, I wish I did communications. You could just yeah, that's what I was getting at. I wish I did too. If I could rewind time. time. <laughs> Can I tell you, my, my grandfather's a lawyer and he was so upset. He was like, why? You're not going to make any money. You're not going to be able to support yourself. And I will say for a long time, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't make any money. But it's not about that. Like, it's it's never about that. It should never be about that. It's about working in a space in an industry that drives you forward in your life, no matter what that is. And if you are fueled and powered by what you're doing, that's where you need to be. So, like, don't struggle. If you're not, like, I'm, I'm not a numbers person. I would never be able to be an accountant. I'd never be able to do it in a business. And that's what everybody wanted me to do is business or architecture or something. And I was like, ugh, like, yeah. that's not, that's not going to fuel me. That's not going to put me on a path to be happy in life. That's a, that's a great gem, though, just for anyone listening that, yeah, I mean, we have to live life. We have to live our lives. So you need to have a sustainable career. But you're right. Do something that fuels you. So... Yeah, I, but still, going back, I wish I would have done communications. Just more, more <laughs> options. But no, thank you for that, for that gem. Can you talk about your current day to day as someone you, you own your own business? You're working for yourself, and we work for clients as well, I suppose. But yeah, can you just share a little bit about what your day or your week looks like for someone that's interested in this field? Yeah. Um. It's different every week, which is why I wanted to do it. So what, the big reason why I wanted to go freelance is I'm at the time in my life where my kids are young. I have two boys and um, my husband works full time. He switched jobs. He's working to drive up his career. And um, that means longer hours. And so we were spending a lot of time away from the kids. I just realized like this is not the time in my life where I want to be away from the kids is when I want to be close to them. So I made the decision to take a risk, put my faith in God completely and say, you know, God, your ideas for me 
are not to be in a cubicle for the rest of my life. And your ideas for us as women and as a mom is to be around my ch- your children, right? And that's what my belief. And so I really decided that that's the power behind me going um, and building my own agency. It wasn't to make more money. It wasn't to help more people really it was to be able to balance and help support my family while also supporting them with time so that being wrapping around to your question my day-to-day is so different every week because the important part of my job is really being flexible for my kids so I would say the only two days that are consistent in my week are Monday and Tuesday because I have outside support for my kids. And I've lined that up so that I can have two days where I sit down and get worked up. So Monday morning, the kids go, most of the time, let's say they go on the bus. They're on the bus. <laughs> and I go for a run after they get on the bus because I need to clear my head most of the time after Monday morning <laughs> getting kids on the bus. But, um, yep, I go for a run and I come back to work and I check my email. I use Trello as my um, project management tool and I go through my checklist. So I'm pouring coffee and I'm looking at Trello and I say, I have my five clients currently. I have five clients and these are the deliverables for each one this week that I need to get done. And I line all of that up so that I have my weekly to-do list. There's always more work that needs to get done, right? So what I try to do and what I had a hard time doing at the beginning is realizing there's always going to be work that needs to get done and I don't need to finish it every week. So time management in the sense of time blocking the, t- the work that I get done is like so important to me. So Monday, I have until five o'clock to work because somebody else is getting my kids off the bus. So I sit down at probably 9.30 and I organize my day using Trello and then I start work around 10. And I usually don't get up until lunch. And then I sit back down, I take a 15 minute lunch, just eat something quick and then sit back down and get it all done. I try to get all the work done by Wednesday so that Thursday, Friday are for taking meetings for new, either potential new clients or new tasks my current clients so I'll work on already assigned work Monday through Wednesday and then I'll have new things that come up Thursday Friday and um I will work on the following week there's always gonna be work that gets done and so I think that's the biggest thing that I had to learn was like the difference between corporate and working for yourself is you feel I feel so much more accountable for the work that needs to get done um, for my clients. And I felt like I need to get it done. I need to get it done now. So I was working extremely long hours and at night and like in between and on the weekends. And then I realized like, no, there's still, like, I still need to be what I wanted to be, which is a mom first and then a marketer. So uh, I, make sure that I stick to my list. And so when my list is done that I made on Monday morning of all of my five clients, I sign off for the for the um, week, unless somebody had scheduled a meeting to talk about new stuff. Typically, I'll be done around Thursday afternoon. 
which is nice. That's awesome. That was mm-hmm. really a great break. Ronnie's always organized, you guys. When I, <laughs> Ronnie's so organized. A lot of times we have these conversations. I'm like, man, I want to be like her when I grow up. She's always so organized. So I'm just thankful for even that clear cut breakdown because I think mm-hmm. that's so insightful for people in general who are just managing products in whatever field it is. And also that's great inspiration for entrepreneurs to hear too, if they're freelancing and working on their own. That was really great. That was a good like peek into how your method is and how that works. Mm-hmm. I like that. I don't know how people stay organized without lists. I I wouldn't be able to do it without a project management tool. I mean, even within that, I have the PM tool and then I'm still making lists on the side of like all the things within that list that need to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm a list. I'm a list maker. I think like the last question that I have is, so what do you think are some of the pros in, you know, we don't necessarily like using the word cons, but I mean, but be real, what are some of the cons or challenges working in marketing? Right. So I would say the pro for me is when you see that change happen for your client, right? So you're working on a piece or um, on a campaign or even a presentation or a document that gets sent out and lots of people download it or lots of people come and Google likes it and whatever that metric is that starts flying off the charts. That's the cool thing is like there's a high to being able to do that for somebody else, right? And help somebody else's company grow. It's really, it's a really cool thing. Also for me, it's talking to so many different people. So I love to communicate. I'm an extrovert and I really like to learn about different people and about different businesses. So this is the perfect thing for me um, to work with in an, in my own freelance agency setting so that I can do that and talk to tons of people. Um, I work from my home, but I'm like talking to people all day long um, on Slack or on video calls, new people, same people. Um, and it's not just about work all the time. You know, when you get to have connections with people about what books you're reading and about what you did on the weekend or about even um, some of my clients are Christian and it's really cool to talk about um, what we learned at church that that Sunday. So just being able to meet new people and learn new things um, is a really cool thing for me. I think from a challenging standpoint is working with people that don't understand marketing and how it um, works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's it's under some people um, think that most people think that when you put something out in marketing, uh, whether it be a paid ad or a download or an email, they just expect people to sign up for it or read it or click it. Or nope. And it's it's not like that, right? So it's it's challenging. It's challenging to find your target audience and um and find the thing that makes people interested in you. And there's a lot of misses. There's a lot of misses um, that happen in marketing and very few wins. So I think that's why there's such a high when there's a win, but you have to be able to ready to fail. Like you have to be ready to fail because not, I know that's, oh my gosh, so cliche to say, but it's not failing. It's learning is so true in marketing and you have to be able to do it fast. So for instance, like if you're, if you're putting a budget into a Facebook ad and you think it's going to work and it's the coolest video you have ever made and it's super awesome and 
seven days in, no one's clicked on it. You better quit and start over because it, the first seven days, it should have worked, right? Like there should have been at least one click. There should have been one sale. There should have been something. So you have to be able to say, okay, that didn't work. Let's try something new and, and move it fast. It's a no ego business, which is unfortunate which is unfortunate because actually there's a lot of people in marketing that have egos, but you have to have no ego in order to succeed. Um, I think because you have to just keep it, keep going. Wow. That's great. And I mean, I can personally attest to that too, because I just, we try to, we just try to do that organic marketing on our Instagram and I'm like, I'll create something that took like some time to put into I'm like, this is just genesis. Wow. This is just amazing. I'm just going to get people like following us following us gotta unfollow i'm like what in the world only two people saw the video i'm like oh my goodness you're right it's like always about reassessing trying to understand your audience what are the needs do they want information in this do they want this da, 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 da. you're right it's just a big but you're right it's inspiring it makes you want to be better like you're learning from it you want to be better you're going to try something different and yeah i know i guess that is kind of like chasing a high but that's kind of cool yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think when you're up against Instagram or TikTok too, you're up against and Google algorithm al- algorithms mm. yeah. that you were never gonna be able to predict, and they're always right. changing. They right. never tell you the secret sauce. So what works one day isn't gonna work another day too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, everybody, you always tell on YouTube how to hit the algorithm. Like it's always changing. Like, and you don't mm-hmm. even know how. You just have to figure it out <laughs> and mm-hmm. hope it hits. But that's clickbait because we click on it and we look at it just to. Yeah. Oh, how? But yeah, there's no secret sauce to it. Our our last question we just like to ask everyone we're talking to is, are there various ways to get into your field? So you mentioned that you got a bachelor's degree, which seems to be the most traditional route. Um, I know there are associate's degrees in like advertising and graphic design, which may be a route to this. But if someone doesn't have a degree in this or has no experience and is interested in what you're doing, do you think there are other ways that they can get into this field? And if so, what would you advise them to do? Yeah, yeah, there totally is. Um, I, I think right now from a social media aspect, it's a great time if you don't have a degree that you think you could set up in marketing. Um, if you're starting from scratch completely. There's tons of reputable training courses that you can take on social media marketing and ad management. And that is going to be a a really fast and efficient way to get into the space quickly, um, especially from an ad standpoint. If you are working in a company, I've worked with several brands where somebody either from customer service or sales contributed to marketing in some way to try and get things on their resume, which is a great way to step into the space. So for instance, if you're a customer service rep for someplace and you really like what they're doing, or you're a great writer, or you um, have a big Instagram following, or you just really enjoy um, learning more about marketing, offer to intern with their team. Ask if you can intern with their team. Ask if you can write for the blog. Ask if you can do research for them um, or if you can learn um, how to do spreadsheets for them or something that would make their life a little bit easier. I'll tell you from experience that marketers need writers and marketers need um, people to edit and um, they don't always have that bandwidth themselves. So if you can 
and you know the brand and you know the company and you know the product offer get just put your put your name out there and say I would love to help out with this and I would love um, to do it and I would say do it for free for a little bit um, Mm -hmm. because you know it's time well spent to learn even if you put on the you know your resume and when you're trying to go for a marketing position or a different company that you interned or you were a guest writer for all of these posts or you were whatever that is just that is something that shows initiative to other companies and that's something that gets you into the into the space mm-hmm. that was great ronnie mm-hmm. yeah and then that even i'll tell you more after about my nephew but like even thinking about like editing and stuff like that i feel like just communications overall is just such a great field i wish i did it oh my gosh but anyway that's neither here or there um <laughs> ronnie we just want to thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your experience sharing so many nuggets of wisdom we really really appreciate that today mm-hmm. Yes. Thanks so much for having me, Kemi and Kiki. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Before you do, um, yes. shout out your your platforms to market yourself, your website, your LinkedIn, whatever. Oh, yes. My website is coffeehourmarketing.com. You can see me there. Um, I did not design it, however. Um, thank you for the the shout out there, Kiki. But I am not a designer. I am a writer. So um hit me up if you like the design i will let you know who did it um uh but my and then my instagram and my my facebook are the same coffee hour marketing and you can find me ronnie canoyan at uh i'm on linkedin perfect well yeah thank you ronnie we'll definitely link that in the show notes as we always do you can find ronnie I don't know. The website looks beautiful. I'm sure you had some input in it, so don't sell yourself short. Um, but- <laughs> I did write all the content. That was all me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, there you that's, go. That's what there I was reading too. So it looked beautiful, and the words were great. So uh, thank you for your time for sure. I think this would be because yeah, we've interviewed several communications majors, but I feel like everything has been different, like we said. Uh, and this is really cool, like getting an inside look into the marketing world. So thank you, Ronnie, again. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hopefully, this was really insightful for you. I know it was for me. I can tell Kemi and I are like, we should have gone into a different major, but it's okay. We're here now. <laughs> We're here to help you all learn um, our experiences. So, yeah, thank you for listening to another one of our episodes. Hopefully, you're enjoying this series. If you are listening and you want to hear about someone else in a different field or you have other people you want us to talk to, let us know. You can email us. That's always in the show notes. Hit us up on Instagram, one of our social media platforms, which are also in the show notes. But you can find us on Instagram and TikTok now at Yasin Podcast. If you are feeling led to donate or to bless us, our Venmo's in the show notes. But we appreciate any likes, follows, shares that anyone engages with us in. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Your Advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.